0: Good word, amen, amen, hallelujah. Well, I've had a great week, and I trust that you have too. I'm, am still sort of, basking in that worship too. Um, thank you, Warren, lady. amen, um, yes, hearts. It's so on. It's so so on. Uh, so on point. But um, I know that uh, Norman and I just flew in last night. We were up in up in Huntsville area yes for the last couple days we saw Pastor Alan and Janice up there and we with Rod and Jill so I've had a good amount of laughter and and uh I've had a, so it's been it's been fun, and and Pastor Alan, if you if you don't know or haven't heard me say this already, Pastor Alan and Janice, they used to be the pastors here for many years, for twenty years, um, and they will be here um, at the end of July, that last weekend in July, and you'll hear more about that, and we'll keep you apprised of that. But Pastor Alan will do a multiple. We'll probably do a Monday, a Sunday morning and evening, and. Um, and then a Monday evening as well, and, and we'll keep you posted. But Pastor Allen's a great teacher. He runs a Bible school now called Journey, and, and man, it was just good because all the speakers, God was just confirming so much um, as Norman and I were talking. Just so many of the things that that the, that the speakers brought in the conference was just such a great confirmation, and it's always such a word of encouragement, so... I'm so grateful for Lake Haven. I'm so grateful for each one of you. What we have here, you know, Lake Haven. I want you to know and always remember: we exist. The reason Lake Haven exists, so that people everywhere can intimately know God and experience His unconditional love. In a nutshell, that's why we're here. We to uh, for us is to intimately know God. I'm not to, not a religious experience not to provide a sunday message but that you are equipped to intimately have an intimate knowledge and experience with god and know his unconditional love experience his unconditional love it 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 is it is everything flows from that knowledge and, and as you know our mission statement back there is reaching people with god's unconditional love establishing believers in christ And connecting them with his cause. God's unconditional love is is, is an amazing thing. But when we have an intimate experience with God, it changes everything. It absolutely changes everything. If we don't have an intimate experience with God, what, what happens is it'll be what we do on Sundays or what we do in church will be reduced to legalism. It'll be reduced to actions. It will not be a matter of flowing from our hearts. So as, a, as, we, as, a, as I j- just want to give a little bit of a, a summary of last week because I feel like I have to sort of kick, kick off from that. Because that second part there is establishing believers in Christ. And, and that's the reason we're doing this series. It is for us to be established in Christ. In Christ, John 17, 3 says, this is eternal life that they may, they may know you. And that word is gnosko. It, it is an intimate knowledge. It's, it's husband and wife knowing each other. It's an experiential knowledge. And, and Jesus said, this is, this is the sheer definition of eternal life, is that you can know God and know Jesus Christ whom he has sent. And we have the tools. This is the purpose of church. Church Church at large, church in the New Testament, should be equipping us to that goal. It should be equipping us into an intimate relationship with God. So last week we spoke about sort of transformation and we spoke about the heart because and and, and I said the 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 Lord is a, a heart guard and it's important that we understand the workings of the heart. Jesus said that parable of the sower is the most important if we don't understand that, it we we won't understand anything. And 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 we read Romans 12 um one said therefore I urge you brothers in view of God's mercy because God loves us so very much. In view of his mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is our True and proper worship, and do not be conformed, or do not be, you know, do let's not go the way of the world. Do not be conformed to this way, the way of the world. We know there's a way of the world, right? The way has a world, is it has the world has a way of doing stuff, it has a way of doing stuff. And guess what? You're not supposed to be that way. You and I have been delivered. We are a new people, a new kingdom. We operate by new principles and different stuff. And 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 he says, Don't be conformed. Don't become like, don't operate like the world operates. He says, but be transformed. Have that metamorphosis by the renewing, by the renewing of our minds. It is, it, it, and, and we spoke about how that, that the gateway to our heart is renewing our minds. And, and, and remember, our heart is where we believe. It's important that we understand that it's with our heart we believe. Remember, we've read it so many times, Proverbs 4.23 talks about that, that our life flows from our heart. It's in our heart that we believe, it's with our heart that we doubt. But what, where you are in your heart is where you're going to go with your life. Exactly. The harsh reality and the wonderful reality, there's two sides to that same coin, is that you are a product of what you believe. Right now, you are the product of what you believe. You are experiencing what you believe right now but the truth is that the good news is that whether it's good or bad you can experience what you want to experience when you know that truth that the, the change lies you know the secret of the change it comes in renewing your mind it comes to transforming what we believe in our hearts because that's what's going to be the key so we spoke about that last week and this parable of the sower and how seed uh, can be thrown out on you know, the hard ground and it can never d- bear any fruit, right? Never bear any fruit because it's just lying there. That, that's, that's, that's a powerful, powerful understanding that we must go into this, 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 this series with because if it's not the quantity of word, we know that the seed is the word of God, it's not the quantity of word that you expose yourself to. You could say, oh, Pastor Shannon, I listen to 13 tape series, or, I'm sorry, tape series, CD series. I listen to 13 podcasts. I, I listen to so many. I've read, I, I read 15 chapters of the Bible this week. Well, whoop-de-doo. Good for you. Now, now it's not about yes praise god you expose yourself but you've got to you expose yourself to teaching in the word and you know we talk about that reinforcing it but but meditating on the word is different from just getting a quantity of seed because you can throw a lot of seed on the hard path and it be not bear fruit right we as we found and we studied last week that the heart is our responsibility? Your heart is the soil in that parable. You're, you are the one responsible for watering seed for by meditating. For, for, and and we, we spoke about thinking on these things, meditating on these things. All of these are ways to, and then of course, weeding out the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, desire for other things, to make, to make your, so that the seed of the word of God can bear fruit. We come to this place. We walk into this door, these doors, and no matter whether you come from, a different culture or or different part of the country there's cultures within this country and some of us come from other countries but we come in with with cultures and understandings and my mom always said and the preacher said this and that preacher said that and 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 the, the problem is that jesus said that your traditions can make the word of god of no effect so we have to be equipped if we're going to grow and living things grow i'm going to say it again living things grow if we're not experiencing change in our lives active change If you're not seeing results in your life, it's because you, and I'm going to point my fingers here, and me, we are not allowing ourselves to farm the seed in our heart. You are not changing. If you do not focus on what you believe and addressing what you believe, understanding what you believe is going to have the result. If you don't do anything about it, you will just stay the same. And it will frustrate you. And listen, I've been around enough i've experienced this in my own life so i'm not i'm not pointing fingers but it it is a truth and a wonderful reality as i said the paradox is you can take that knowledge and you can say i'm gonna well you you know i just want to i just want to i just want to come to on a sunday and i want it automatically to change my life well it's not going to happen you know matthew 7 as we said the, the, the the wise and the foolish builders jesus said they both heard the same word, but the one put it into practice and the other one didn't. And, and in, in um, uh, James 1, it says the same thing in James 1:22, it says, do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourself. Listen to that. Powerful. He says, don't just listen to the word of God and deceive yourself. You mean you can listen to the word of God and deceive yourself? Uh-huh. You can deceive yourself by coming to church. You can deceive yourself by reading the word of God if you just... Listen, if that's where it stops, if it stops with just listening to it, you can deceive yourself. That's James one twenty-two. He says, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who goes and looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law, that gives freedom. Woo! He looks intently into the word of God Into the law, the perfect law that gives freedom and continues. And continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. You want to be blessed in what you do? Not forgetting. Continuing, don't deceive ourselves. We, we, there, this is a process and we know we're not talking legalism here. So listen, please listen to the whole series. We're not, there is a big difference. We're going to start talking about dead works probably next week. But 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 there is a thing called just doing stuff. This is not, this is not dead works we're talking about. This is talking about believing and understanding if we're going to transform our life. If you are not experiencing the life of God and when I'm not experiencing the life of God either... It's because we have let go of these fundamentals, these foundational issues. God is a heart God. He is a heart God. Jesus said this to the Pharisees. He said, Matthew 23, um, verse 25, he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and self-indulgence. All they cared about was how it looks. The world often says, "Oh, you Christians are a bunch of hypocrites," because and, and where we have where we are just caring about the outside, we just care what it looks like. If I go to church on Sunday, if I just care about what it looks like, what I say, and it's all outward, he, he's, we, it is hypocritical. He says, "Blind Pharisee," in verse 26. Jesus says, "First, clean the inside of the cup and dish; then the outside will be clean. Will also be clean." Focus on the inside of the dish. And he says, automatically the outside will take care of itself. You see, so often we get lost on behavior modification. Behavior modification is just a matter of saying, well, I just changed the outside, I'm going to change my inside. No, it works the other way around. You cannot experience true lasting change by just doing different stuff. I don't care if Tony Robbins tells you that. (laughs) Or any other self-help guru. Practicing until it becomes a habit, if it's only outward, it will not create lasting change. Jesus knows the word of God who was with God in the, create in the beginning. He is the one telling us how we can experience transformation. It doesn't matter. So if we want to experience life, we clean the inside of the cup. And what the inside of the cup is here is very clearly in all the context of scripture, which we're talking about, is our belief system. Jesus could do no mighty work in Nazareth. He was unable. His power could not flow. Do you want the power of God in your life? Is a question that you have to ask yourself. Do you want this authentic Christianity to be real and active? Or do you just want to go to church and have fun and play games and whatever? Go to, you know, bring in shares and potlucks is that all that you want is that is, is seriously is that all you want is that enough for you because i know that that doesn't satisfy me i have nothing against that stuff but if you not if we're not prepared to experience change then we're playing games i've told you before I, i'm 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 done with games i want something authentic i want the spirit of god to flow here i want to see the life of god flowing in and through me i want to experience the abundant life of god in and through me we are called to a supernatural life, just like his, uh, uh, Terence just said. He said that even in, in tough times, you know, Jesus never said we wouldn't go through tough times. We even told in Isaiah that no weapon formed against you will prosper. It Doesn't say there will never be a weapon formed against you. There is. There, there, we. We. If we're going to not. Build our lives like the proverbial foolish builder that we saw in Matthew seven, who who built his house. And Jesus, I think even one translation maybe maybe it's the message I forget who says it. It says your, your your life will collapse like a pack of cards. If you just heard the word of God and you don't put it into practice, guess what? The storms of life are going to come and doof like a pack of cards. Does that mean that you're not going to go to heaven or any? no? If you believe in Jesus, this has got nothing to do with eternal security, right? So. So understand, it, it, it's important for us to, to grasp the concept that we must focus, we understand the principle of the heart that Jesus said, clean the inside of the cup, that we, the outside will be clean automatically. He actually carries on to the, the, uh, he carries on to the Pharisees in Matthew 23 and he says, he says, woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you are like whitewashed tombs which are beautiful on the outside but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way on the outside you appear to people as righteous. On the outside you appear to people as righteous. But inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. So Jesus and God. I mean as we read. We read Samuel. God is a God that looks at the heart. Man looks at outward appearance. And people. That's not unimportant. People do look at your outward appearance. People are going to judge a book by its cover. People will. We're surrounded by people who are going to judge a book. So you can't take that and throw the baby out of the bathwater and say it doesn't matter what I look like. I don't care. Listen, people do are are watching you. People do judge a book by its cover, sadly. But clean the inside first. This is about heart because if we change what we believe, automatically the rest will fall into place. Amen. So, so that 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 we've that we've established. So okay, with this foundation, I'm going into. My my next part, um, and 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 my subtitle of this is this part is it's okay to suck <laughs> for a while. <laughs> it's okay to suck, and you'll see why I name it that way. It's okay, but. I love what Pastor John Osteen, Joel's dad, was an incredible minister. He's, he, he's, his life and ministry touched my life way back in Africa when I was in the army, sitting in a, in a hot zone. I, and some of you know my history, but I was a medic. I was in a combat medic experience, and, and I had experienced life and a lot of death already. And, and, but I had, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank Jesus, I was born again when I went there. Because I tell you, I, never expect, I had weapons prosper, formed against me, but they didn't prosper. I had friends that had trouble of, of, of that time, but it did, I really, I was impervious. I, Jesus kept me safe in a marvelous way in that time. But John Osteen, John Osteen has a book. In fact, I think I still have that little book, The Believer's Number One Need. And it revolutionized my little Christian world. And, and that's the topic, that's, that's where we're going with you. And I'll tell you what the believer's number one need is. But this changed, but, but John Ossine is famous for saying this. He, every service, he would hold up his Bible. Remember him? And he would say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do, he had everybody say it. I can do what it says I can do. Today, he said, this is a personal, he says, today I will be taught The word of God, I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I will never be the same. I am about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the word of God. I will never be the same, never, 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 I will never be the same in Jesus' name. And that was the confession he would always start every message with. And sure, you can make that a religious chant if you want to. Like you can turn anything into religion. You can turn reading your Bible into religion. But if, if that is a confession, it's not, a magic, it's, not the, it's not saying the words that makes the difference, right? It's believing those words. And there, there you see it. He says, when you believe what the word of God is, that's putting faith in him. That, that, that when you're confessing that this is going to, my mind is receptive, my heart is alert. I am going to receive this seed of the word, word of God. And that's how you've got to see it. No matter where you're getting the word of God, when you read, you, if you're getting it from, as I said, podcasts or reading books or whatever, there is seed. And you've got, to, you've got to understand if you want it to have an effect in your life, it's more than just hearing it, as we just read in James. So, um, I want to read this. The actor Charlie Chaplin once entered a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest, and he lost. Why did Charlie Chaplin go and recognize? Because, it, because, because what people expected to see, they didn't see. It wasn't like he was unknown. At the time, he was, would have been the most recognized person on earth. Along with other contestants, he would have been scrutinized to see how much like Charlie Chaplin he was, yet nobody saw him. The same principle applies when it comes to scripture. We see what we expect to see. You, what you believe in your heart becomes a filter. Just like if I had sunglasses on right now or pink, rose, the proverbial rose-tinted glasses. If I put them on, everything, the whole world looks rose-colored, right? It's similar. What you believe in your heart becomes the filter that you see and you, and you hold everything up against. That's why we're told to guard our hearts above all else. Titus 1 verse 15 says this. He says, to the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. It's interesting. A pure person will look at a situation and say, man, that's awesome. That's so pure. That's so beautiful. But that same person, somebody, that same situation Somebody who's corrupted or who do not believe, they can look at that same situation and see it differently. You want to know why there's a difference, such a vast experience of change that we're seeing in, in political climate and in certain things today? The Bible tells us that the minds of unbelievers can actually be blind, are blind. And that doesn't mean that we've got the right to hate people of any side, But we can't make the blind see. If you're arguing with a blind person about what a tree looks like. And you get mad at them because they can't see the tree. That's what a lot of people are doing on Facebook. Don't get mad at people if they can't see things. Live the gospel. Let's do this. So anyhow, so where are we going with this? We, we have to understand that th- there's a couple of there's a couple of things that we really really need to understand when it comes to truth. If we're a growing believer, we don't, we, now we understand this about the heart. We see this. I want I want to experience real change in my life in whatever area it is. You know, you know, you will. Like I said, you are going to experience financially where you are, health wise where you are, temper you are going to experience what you what you always experience unless you change what you believe it becomes up to you to filter what you hear there is a lot of voices more now than ever before whether it's facebook that you're getting your theology from or you picking up you know, i don't know how many books get printed every day how many i think it's it's incredible if you read it, the statistics of how many books are just released each year in america uh, and, and and so i don't know where where you're getting your theology from but wherever you're getting your theology from, there, you have to, as a growing believer, you have, to put, you have to understand there are some absolutes that are essential. And, and, and you know, when you filter something, through, you've got to filter things through these, these absolutes. Uh, I, I like what Jim Richard said once. He said, you know, if you, if you have a rifle, if you want to shoot a straight line, there's a sight at the, the one side and there's a, there's a sight on the other side, right? If you only have one point of reference, you can't, if, if you only have one sight, you can't necessarily dr- shoot in a straight line. But when you line up the front side and the back sight, it draws a straight line. There is a lot of opinion, a lot of opinion. And by the word, if you study the word opinion in Greek, comes, you get the word heresis from, heresis, where we get the word heresy from. You are not entitled to your own opinion. As a believer who calls Jesus Lord, you should say, Lord, show me your opinion. Give me your truth. Let the word of God interpret it. And like I said, there are absolutes. There's a lot of things that aren't a big deal in scripture. And a lot of things that Christians fight over. Well, I want to know if it's once saved or always saved. And I want to know about the rapture, what you believe about the rapture. And I want to know about this thing and the next thing. And are you a post-trib or a pre-trib or a whatever, a tribulationist, you know, whatever. And, and some of those things, it's fun to understand and to read. We should read Revelation. It's a powerful book. I, I look forward to, for, to breaking up a little bit of Revelation. But there's some stuff that the Bible doesn't major on. If Jesus majored on them or the Bible majored on them, we would have absolutes. But where it does, a wise man said, major on the majors and minor on the minors. I, I mean, brilliant, right? Let's focus on the major things and not on the minor things. But when you, when you, when you read, I know as a younger Christian, you know, just like a baby, baby Christian or, or babies, they're going to stick anything they will in their mouth. They're voracious. They want to just, they think if it's a marble, I don't know, maybe I can eat that. You know, they don't know what they're going to, so they will shove everything into their mouths. And, and sometimes when somebody is just born again, they will just eat a bunch of junk. And, and they are most susceptible to error. So, so, it is this, it is so we, you know, we want to have systems in place that if somebody does get born again here at Lakehaven, that, that they can follow along and get established and that we can have counselors or somebody's mentors that can walk alongside somebody who's new and say, hey, listen, these are the important things. Not, oh, well, what about, you know, who married Seth? Well, I, I wouldn't worry about that right now. You know, you know. Let's 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 forget about who married Seth and, and whatever. There are certain understandings that in time you will get, and and I know that we grow in understanding. But let's major with the major. So 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 these are some of the of, of the fundamentals. When you hear a truth, okay, are you ready? When you hear a truth, we we have to understand it from the perspective of the new covenant, right? We have, to, we have to look at it first in the New Covenant. I was in a traditional church before, and it confused the heck of me not understanding covenants and picking out out of Deuteronomy and Lamentations and then off to the prophets. And, and all this is just preached from the pulpit like it's all current. If we do not have a great, if we do not have a solid understanding of New Testament truth and we understand how to read Old and New Testaments, that's a, fundamental, that's a fundamental point that we've got to understand. Them. But we've spoken about this before. Jesus, God revealed himself in his names in the Old Testament. Through his names particularly. You can't just take one incident out of the Old Testament and say, you know, something one God said about to one person once, and say, well, that you see, therefore it's always the same. If you start doing that with the Old Testament... You're going to get really confused. So you've got to look at the New Testament. What Jesus, firstly, the most important thing is, is even before reading the epistles, you've got to understand, look at the life of Jesus. It is the most important thing of all. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, not, not just the teaching of the Beatitudes and things like that. Yes, everything Jesus said is is, is essential, Because it reveals something about God is. But we also know that Jesus taught the old covenant. But how did Jesus live? Because Jesus said that he was the exact representation of the father. He came to show us what God looked like. He was the image of God. So when Jesus, when we look at the life of Jesus, we know what God is like. Well, people say, oh, well, you know, they go turn to the Old Testament. See, God was murdering all these people. Hold on a second. Before you try and understand that, how many people did Jesus murder in the New Testament? Oh, he's going to kill them. You know, he took Korah and the earth swallowed up and they swallowed him. So God's going to swallow you up if you sin. The extrapolation of that confusion will keep, you will not get established. Jesus, what does he do to the woman caught in the act of adultery? He totally forgives her. He doesn't vote with her. In fact, prostitutes and sinners kind of hung out with him. That's interesting. Jesus, sinners like being around Jesus. He didn't live a life of, of super big condemnation. So it's one of those essential truths is, is look at the life of Jesus. It's, it, to me, that is the first and primary thing you have to say. Is this consistent with the character and nature of Jesus? Is this how Jesus would have treated somebody? When you are looking at somebody, if somebody comes up with this doctrine, as I've just said, one of these things, well, is that what Jesus did? Because Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. And I've studied this, and Hebrews says that in these last days, he's spoken to us through his Son. He is the clearest picture. He came to show us what God looks like. So I'm not going to belabor that point. But it's essential to understand, firstly, that, Jesus. So we've got to understand the life of Jesus. And then, you know, because there was a teaching years ago, and I remember hearing this even in my Bible school, was, was don't worry so much about the Gospels, you know, because they were sort of, you know the, 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 you know, the New Testament, the New Covenant was really only issued after the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. So just worry about reading the letters, the epistles. No, you can't, you can't understand God without seeing the life of Jesus, right? Okay, so second point that you've got to understand it is the foundations of faith. Hebrews talks about six foundations of faith. And before I go into them, we are going to, we, we are going to touch and t- teach on these foundations in the next few weeks. But in the six foundations, so you're getting the life of Jesus and there's six foundations of faith. We do not have to, you and me, we do not have to agree on everything. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff taught out there that I think people are wasting a lot of time. But it is essential to understand what the foundations are. Okay. And then the last point is what was accomplished. The third part, there's three, these are infallible points of reference. What did Jesus accomplish by his death, burial, resurrection, atonement? What did he accomplish through his atonement? If you look at any doctrine and you're reading something, you've got to ask you've got to be prepared to to ask yourself those three questions and those are just not questions you're going to have to think about it think about it in the light of those three points what is it what did jesus do and, and of course you've got to understand what jesus did in his cross when we teach about the atonement when we teach about the cross what did jesus earn on the cross because if somebody comes to you and listen i've i've heard all those doctrines i've heard those doctrines that jesus is going to pull a big screen down in heaven and you're going to hold you know you're going to be you're going to see all this stuff well not according to the atonement you're not Oh, God's going to get you if you don't do this. Uh, Not according to the atonement. The price was paid. When you understand, because you have renewed your mind, you have established your heart in the atonement. You've established, you've studied the life of Jesus. You've read the life of Jesus. You know, oh, Jesus wouldn't do that. Why? Well, how could you know? That's what the gospels are there for. You tell me. You read those part with the, with the Holy Spirit sitting next to you and you go and ask, Lord, reveal to me, show me these, these things. Okay, so the, those, again, I'm going to say them first. The life, the character of nature of God is revealed through the life of Jesus. The foundations of faith, which we're going to talk about. And, and of course, what was Jesus accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection. If something lines up with that, you are going to have a straight line. And then you can look back, and, 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 it, and it's actually powerful, you can look back into the Old Testament and then you see types and shadows. Then you see the life of Joseph and you see David and you see Noah's Ark and you see phenomenal shadows and types of what was the truth. But, but, but error and, and the, the New Testament warns us that in the last day, many will be led astray. And I'm, this is not a fear tactic. I, 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 I'm, I'm wanting you and I to grow and to be established. That's my, pur- my, that's my goal and purpose because that's what Ephesians 4 tells me, that the fivefold, me as a pastor, but also you know the apostle, the prophet, evangelist, pastor and teacher are to bring uh, believers or to, to, to maturity so that they can do the work of the ministry. You are the ministers. We are equipping us to maturity. Maturity is... The goal. If you say, well, I don't need to be mature, you are, you are susceptible. You are susceptible to deception. You are, deceptional, you, are, you are susceptible to being sold a bag of goods. You are susceptible to having a, a weak and meaningless, relatively meaningless life. But maturity, you are designed for maturity. Amen? So, knowing under that, This firm foundation, these are called the foundations of faith, right? Um, But before we get to them, we've got to understand foundations. And and I had a video some time ago that some of you may remember. But uh, when we spoke about foundations before in a slightly different context, how we've got to be rooted and grounded in love. But foundations are the most important part of a building. I mean, I know that some of you are builders. I'm not a builder, but I've learned that same thing. You can have exactly the same material and one builder here, and one builder here. And if you don't have a firm foundation, if one guy li- lays concrete foundation with rebar and he's done all the math, how deep the foundation must be, how solid it must be, that's And and he uses exactly the same material as the guy next to him, but he just builds the house. He says he builds a small foundation, he doesn't use any rebar in it, he's just going to, what's going to happen to the house that doesn't have a foundation? Not necessarily in today's day and age, not necessarily just going to fall down, now there's some places I've been to in the world that will, but but it's, it's not going to work. Your, your house is not going to stand. You're going to walk into your house and you're going to have cracks after how long? You, you're going to walk to your kitchen cupboard and you're not going to be able to open your kitchen cupboard. Why? Because everything's out of square. The wall has shifted. The floor has shifted. You're going to go to a door. You're not going to be able to close the doors. Why? It, nothing in your house is going to... Doors and windows won't open. Why? Because there's no foundation in the house. But it was built with the same material. It had the same seed. Foundations are essential. That's why if we agree on anything, we have to agree and understand and, and study and be established in his foundation. So in Hebrews chapter 5, uh, verse 11, I'm going to go there and, and um it says this um, we have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. In fact <clears throat> sorry, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Remember when Walker Shores was here at the beginning of last year? And he said, by now, by now, by this time, he's telling, the, the, he's telling the, these Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, which many of us believe is Paul. I believe it is Paul, but it's not specified. He says, but by this time, you ought to be teachers. By this time, you need somebody to teach you. He says, but you need somebody to teach you the very elementary truths of God again. And he says, and then he says, you need milk not solid food. Milk is necessary. Milk is necessary for a young believer. That's why I said, it's okay to suck. It's a good thing. If you've got a baby bottle and it's full of milk, it's okay for you to suck and to drink spiritual milk. But I tell you what, if you are 50 years old and you have a big beard and mustache, drinking out of a bottle looks weird. That's all I want to say. If you are just drinking milk and drinking what a baby drinks when you have, have, have processed, you, you understand, that's, that's not right. But, he, but still, look, this is, this is not a message of condemnation. Understand me, there is no condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus. But, so if we're young and we need spiritual milk, praise God, we need spiritual milk, let's get somewhere, but let's not deceive ourselves into thinking we're supposed to live on milk. We're not designed to live on milk and that's what he's saying here to the Hebrews he says by this time you ought to be teachers you need somebody to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again you need milk not solid food and he says this anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness and and faith Look, righteousness, when we define righteousness, righteousness, it, it, it's a concept. It's not just um, being, you know, meeting the grade in God's eyes, although it certainly is that. But righteousness, if you study the concept of righteousness in Old Testament, it's being straight. It's, 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 it's being, uh, I think Jim said it this way, um, as it should be. You know, but, but it's, it's a straight line. It's not a crooked thing. It's a straight path. Righteousness being, when we, when we are living um, in, in righteousness, we, we are understanding the, the, the wholeness of God. We're living in the wholeness of God. Not only hearing it, believing it, and, and, but we're experiencing and it's manifesting in our life. What, we, we've read this scripture many times. Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and... His righteousness. So when we understand what faith righteousness is, it, it, it's a beautiful thing because we understand that Jesus earned for us and we get accounted his righteousness. We, aren't, we don't earn righteousness by our good works and our good deeds. That is works righteousness. That is dead works. And we'll touch on that again next week. But it's like this is faith righteousness was one of the most liberating truths that set me free. And when we go in and study the foundations, it's important to grow established in faith righteousness. Two books I recommend, um, particularly is the Gospel of Peace, Dr. Jim Richards. But this is what John Osteen, this this knowledge, when I was in the army in a very dark spiritual place in my life, the believer's number one need that, that I spoke about earlier that John Osteen spoke about was this. Understanding Righteousness by faith. 2 Corinthians 5 talks about being in Christ. And being a new crea- creation. And, and that we're ministers of reconciliation. And I, and I wasn't going to teach on that passage. But it wraps up in that. that and it that says that, that God made him who had no sin. Jesus. To become sin for us. That in him. In him. In him. We become the very righteousness of God. We, begin, we take on his righteousness and it's by faith. You cannot earn and live up to a standard of God's righteousness. You can't earn and, and achieve righteousness by your ability, by your works. Righteousness is something we believe unto. So, and there, there is, I mean so many scriptures about it. Romans talks about it in the first seven seven chapters of Romans. It talks about we we experience righteousness by faith in Romans 1, 16 and 17. It says, For I'm not ashamed of the good news of the gospel. He says, Because it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. Verse 17, For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as is written, the righteous live by faith Abraham is called the father of faith and he was really the father of faith in many gods but also of faith righteousness he was declared righteous not by his actions if you study Abraham's life or David's life they weren't righteous by their actions David was a murderer I mean Abraham did a bunch of stuff We don't have to go into, but he certainly didn't qualify by this super holy, wonderful life. He wasn't so good that God said, oh my, 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 how wonderful you were so good. That is just, you have just impressed me with all your good works. No, Abram pimped out his wife. Literally, twice. Anyhow, moving right along, it's just like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Don't do that. We learn from these things just in case you had any ideas. But 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 we we get to access righteousness by faith and it's so beautiful. Listen to Romans 3. These scriptures I can tell you I I'm marinated i am still marinating in these but since that day since I my my life I, my Christian world my Christian world came to a crashing halt when I was faced with my righteous deeds. I became exhausted of trying in, in my performance trap, trying to do enough to qualify. I was like, and it wasn't working. I wasn't seeing the results. I wasn't experiencing it. I didn't feel the life of God. And I was like, God, I'm done. I'm exhausted. I've, I've done everything I know to do. And, and I was just, I was, I basically, I wanted to give up on God, but I couldn't because I knew that he was there. It was like, I, I just, I, I'm just, I don't know what more to do. And that's when I, that's when that little booklet of John Osteen just, was enough. That seed dropped in my heart. But Romans 3, these scriptures are are, are are I have meditated on for years. But now, in verse 21, it says this, but now apart from the law, listen to that, apart from the law, righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. The law and the prophets pointed towards this righteousness by faith, not to be righteous by the law, and it teaches that. The whole book of Galatians was written about that, but let me go. The righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. What? Righteousness is given. Not earned. Given through faith in Jesus to all who believe. It's it's a a righteousness that we just believe on. And and then he carries on right up to verse 28. You know that... um, we have all sinned in verse 23. We have all sinned. You know this one, all sinned and fall shorty of the glory of God. But we are justified, verse 24, freely. Oh, hallelujah. We are justified freely. Made righteous. Justified, by the way, means made righteous. We are justified. We are made righteous. Freely. That's good news, people. When that dawns on your heart, you hear that and it makes you want to run around. Jump up and down because I can experience eternal life and go and live with Jesus freely. What? By his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Carries on in verse, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood. To receive, to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he left the sins committed beforehand unpunished and demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. In a nutshell, you and I can never make it to heaven by good works. You can't do enough good and good works and even if you could, from this moment on, you've already missed it nobody but we know that nobody on earth can qualify by good works There are going to be people one day at the great white throne judgment and it won't be believers believers will not be at the great white throne judgment and one day when we study judgments later on in the series we'll see that at the great white throne judgment people who want to be found righteous by their own works will stand before God and try and prove their point good luck with that um We maintain that a person is justified by faith apart apart from the works of the law. That's in verse 28. A person is justified by faith apart. In verse 28, sorry, if it's still there, I'm not sure. But we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Then it it carries on to talk in Romans 4 about how Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Jesus said, remember that scripture we read last week and when he said, what is the work of God? To believe in the one he has sent. It's just simply to believe. Romans 5, one of the most, one of the most when, you, when, the, when the truth of righteousness by faith dawns in your heart, I tell you what, Romans 5, when I read Romans 5, it melts me. Romans 5 verse 1. Because when I say, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God then I know that, listen, Jesus, just because of Jesus, I'm at peace with God. We can experience, and and if you do not have an emotional feeling of the peace of God, it's because all you need to do is take truths like this and meditate on them till they create an emotion, because it should. It should stir your emotions Till it becomes real in your soul, mind, will, and emotions, your soul. That is what renewing the mind is. Renewing the mind is is meditating on the truth, because it is the truth. Meditating on it till the truth becomes real to you. It becomes an emotional reality to your soul. That is what renewing the mind is. Because it isn't, when our minds are not renewed, it's not an emotional reality to us. But when we when it is changed, it becomes an emotional reality to me. And then suddenly, when, we, when, when, I, when, I, when I read Romans 5, it says, Therefore, being justified by, uh, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access into this faith, into, sorry, in, by faith, into this grace in which we stand. Because grace, is, it, it came freely. It, the, all of this came freely by what Jesus did, it's by his grace, we are saved by grace through faith, and, and this faith, and, and if we study Romans 4 and at length, and, and we don't have time today, but if you go and study Romans 4, you will see that f- faith is the opposite of works, there are people that say that faith and works are the same thing, it's like, oh well if you've got to have faith, it's, made, it's just the same as having works, no, then you don't understand faith, Romans 4 says, it's not by works, it's by faith, it's resting It's resting in the truth of the finished work of Christ. That's what faith is. Faith is not making God do something. Faith is, re- is responding to what God has already done. That's what faith is. Faith Righteousness is responding to what God has already done. So this righteousness by faith is... This is how, as spiritual infants, we've got to understand this. Because if we don't understand... If we're not grounded, we're not, we don't have a foundation... In faith righteousness, man, we're going to have a faulty foundation. Lord, everything you're going to, we're going to end up, we can end up in works. We will religiousize something, we'll package it up, make this another religion. No matter what we do, no matter what we say, no matter who says it in your life, you will turn it into works. You will turn it into legalism because you'll turn it into, form. you will formularize it. Well, it worked this time. I guess I've just got to do that. How long did I pray? 25 minutes and 36 seconds. Okay, I'm going to pray for 25 minutes and 36 seconds because last time I prayed that long and it just worked for me that time. Oh, and then I did this and I was really good and I, I, did, my, uh, I did my exercise in the morning and I ate right and I didn't curse my spouse and I didn't do this, I didn't do, you know. And so we'll formulaize it and try and get that to work because we're not established in faith righteousness. Knowing that I'm qualified because I am righteous in God, I qualify for all the blessings and all the promises. Why? Because I have his righteousness. Do you know that's why we say in Jesus' name at the end of a prayer. If you're not established in that, it's not, it's not like in Jesus' name, amen. It's because I, I, I'm standing in Jesus. In Jesus' name, I can pray this. But because if our faith is not established in it, then it just becomes another traditional little prayer in jesus name amen and we're gonna like oh that didn't work (laughs) listen people i want something that works the paradox remember the paradox is if this is not working in our lives it can be but it grow it, it it's up to us you and me each of us have got to understand that we have to grow this we have got to be able to and and listen that's not the quantity of you say oh i'm just going to pray and i'm just going to sorry just throw all this these these bible verses at me no jesus said listen if you want life he told he he says you study the scriptures he said the pharisees to see you know to understand and and things i forget exactly the word the verbiage that he uses but he says but don't you know it's the scriptures that talk about me there, there, it, 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 takes a, it takes a decision to, 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 to bask and soak and develop and, 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 in, in a certain scripture for it to become assimilated. You know, through life groups and through an assimilate group an a group, or, or, or you know, go through one of the books. But it takes assimilating it, and that's the process of assimilating, it, digesting the word of assimilation. You know, if I assimilate something, it's a medical term, I suppose, eating term or digestive term. If I if I have a donut or a steak. If I eat it and I digest it and I chew on it and I swallow it, and when that steak becomes part of me, or the donut becomes part of me, whichever one, (laughs) because, but, but I have then, I then assimilated it, it's become part of me. We, we, we information, as we've spoken about before, information is just information. It's a necessary part, but we have to understand that that it has to be assimilated, and and, and part of this 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 faith righteousness is ultimately, uh, you know, is 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 this foundation that we have to start our perspective from. For, um, Paul, who had all these degrees and qualifications, he was exceptionally exceptionally well educated for that time and 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 he says in Philippians 3 he says this in verse 8 he says what is more I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose whose sake I have lost all things I consider them garbage and you've heard me say it and literally the word is dog dung literally in the scripture he says I consider them dog dung that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. In other words, not coming from, not come, having a righteousness that comes from the law. By reading the law and doing all the law and doing it all, we can turn anything into law. You can turn the New Testament, you can turn the Beatitudes into law. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but which is through faith in Christ Jesus. The righteousness that comes from God that is on the basis of faith. Hebrews 3 and 4 talks about it as well and, and, and I'm just going to mention them because we can't go there right now but, but, but the promise of entering the rest is all about choosing to believe. There were spies, and the, the analogy was there were 12 spies, remember that Moses sent into the promised land. Two came back, Caleb and Joshua and they said we can do it because God said. Ten came back and said we can't do it because there's giants and there's big stuff over there and we're scared. We're just little grasshoppers. And Joshua and Caleb said, no, God said. God said. And he says the promise of, and it says that it will, promises will benefit us nada, zip, nothing, if we do not combine them with faith. If we do not trust, if we do not take these things and put them in our hearts, establish our hearts in this. In Hebrews, so in these next couple of weeks, maturity, remember, is the goal. Colossians 1:28 says, "We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present anyone, everyone, perfect." And the word "perfect" is whole, mature. That we may present everyone mature in Christ. And, and a lot of translations use the word "mature." Maturity is the goal. And I, and I mentioned Ephesians 4 earlier that that's the point. The point. The point of the fivefold ministry—the apostle, the prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher—is to bring us to maturity. Maturity is the goal. And so then Hebrews, we read about that, That we started in Hebrews 5 towards the end there, and it says that a spiritual infant, a spiritual infant is not acquainted with the teaching of righteousness, which we've spent a lot of the service talking about righteousness, faith, righteousness. And then he goes on, because remember, chapter and verse was was added later. In Hebrews 6, one. it says, therefore, carries on, therefore, Hebrews 6, 1, therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity. Not laying again the foundation, and then he goes into the sixth foundation. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts acts that lead to death and of faith in God, and then he goes into the other foundations which we can deal with next week. But that word there, not laying again, is interesting. He says, listen guys, if we're going to go on to maturity, we've got to understand what the foundation is. It's got to be something you've got to... It's got to be one of those points of reference. You've got to understand what the foundation is. But we can't keep laying it and 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 laying it. And laying it, and laying it, and laying it. Understand? Not laying again the foundation of repentance that, d- that lead to death. If we don't understand and get this worked into our hearts, we won't even understand. We won't be able to recognize what are acts that lead to death. or What faith in God is. And what the laying in of a hand is. What kind of baptisms of judgment all of these things that are some of the foundations that we've got to touch on which we will do amen amen let's pray i know that i have i have laid out in <laughs> i've laid out a lot of information in this class and i pray i pray just close your eyes a second and just say i pray that the holy spirit has shown you given you clarity of where you are and where we going. Where you're going, you are called, you have a choice, you can grow, you can experience the life of God, you can experience the next step. And, and this this process never stops, never. Doesn't matter how old you are, both physically in physical age or in spiritual age, Part of humility is being willing to look at what's in my life and say, "Lord, this is where I'm at." It's being teachable. Jesus said, "There's none so blind." Basically, right? He said, "If you think you see, you're blind." We we have to adopt an attitude that says, "Lord, I I I don't want to be a spiritual infant." I want to grow. I want this in my life. I want to experience life. I want your kingdom to be established in my life and through my life. Because that's what you've called me to. And he has. He's called you as an ambassador of the kingdom. He's called you and I as ambassadors to represent his body on earth. To be an extension of his hands. this morning I want you to remember what Jesus did that night that last night those last few hours before he was taken to be crucified he wrapped a towel around him and he washed his disciples feet and he said you're not going to understand this now he said the words that I've spoken to you have made you clean he says but I need to do this he served and Jesus, you need to allow Jesus to to serve you you need to allow Jesus to wash your feet he's looking for us to be pure righteous and holy vessels unto God and that's not of your own I know that I know that it's so easy to think that I've got to try and be holy in my own strength. And that's, that's not it. God loves us and grace is free and unconditional. And... But at the same time, there is intentional. It is intentional to take his word and to get established. Lay that foundation to meditate on it, to renew our minds so that we can experience transformation. We spoke about this at Overflow Service on Wednesday. And I believe the fruit of the spirit that we study in Ephesians and Galatians, sorry, Galatians. The fruit of the spirit is a manifestation, a free manifestation of when your heart is aligned with God. When your heart is righteously in line with God, you should experience love and joy and peace and patience. Kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, those are fruit. Not that you have to put on, not that you have to fake it out. Those are fruit that manifest through your heart and life for the world around you to see. They see your love. They see your joy. They experience your faith. They experience your patience. They experience your gentleness and meekness and they experience your self-control. That's fruit of a life that is prepared to live it by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Faith righteousness is where this begins as we, you want to experience and say, Lord Jesus, I want, to, I want to manifest the kingdom in my life. I want to experience joy and love and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. I want to see those things I, I, I am persuaded. The Spirit of God showed me that. I saw, and I may have shared that, but I saw people's faces in our congregation beaming with joy. Beaming with joy. That they were, they, that they were so happy, apart from their circumstances, that, that, that people were stopping them in the street and Walmart, wherever, and saying, why are you so happy? Oh, well, let me tell you. <laughs> because they were, they, they, they were manifesting the Spirit of God in such a tangible way to life that is part of what we're called to so this morning take home what, you, what the Spirit of God has said to you amen say Lord Jesus in your heart right now you don't have to say that loud but if you will say Lord Jesus Father God I take what you've given to me I determine that I want to be growing. I do not want to remain a spiritual infant. I will let my mind be transformed so that I can present my bodies, my body as a living sacrifice, which is my true worship to you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Spirit of God what you're doing in our hearts and lives as we surrender to that seed and water that seed that we hear from you we surrender our lives to you in Jesus name Amen